0: what's up everybody welcome back to dr ra Vernon tv this is my bible cast bible study slash podcast man just trying to touch people uh where they are we're live from bar studios my son and daughter's company so proud man the hottest studio a marketing company production podcast content you can sit right where i'm sitting and do your own thing. They'd be glad to hook you up. I mean, come on. Give them a call. And uh, it's right there, man. Barstudios.com. Uh, all that's there. Uh, people are coming from all over the world. The Cleveland area, Ohio. People are flying in to sit where I'm sitting. So you can sit right where I sit. Do your own podcast. They got like 10 different scenes in this studio. You can sit in front of this LED wall or pick the scene you like. It's off the chain. When you plug your baby. Let's get into it. Listen. I, uh... I touched something a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, right before Christmas. I don't know what, whatever. My team calls me like, you do know that the piece you did on homosexuality, Christianity, the elephant in the church, it went crazy. I'm like, how many looked at it, guys, they told me? Yeah, nearly 100,000 people. How many comments? A thousand comments. I'm like, okay, let me look. Normally, honestly, I'm not perusing every comment uh to see if everybody agrees with what i said that's just not my style i kind of understand like the president every day the president wake up every day he wake up who would want to be the president every day he wake up 50 to 60 percent of people in america don't agree with what he said or did so you know you have to just kind of know and when you're called to do what i do it can't be about popularity so i didn't do that as a hot take or just for numbers I did it because it was something dear to me based on the LGBTQ persons, queer persons that go to the word church specifically, get in my line every week, whisper in my ear about the struggle, what they deal with. And it was real to me. The second main reason was because of so many young people experimenting who are not even gay. And I said in that podcast, be careful what you try, you might like it. And so young people experimenting, which has to do with, you know, uh, being turned and all of that. So I touched it, by the way, it's right there, uh, right here on our page, on our channel. Uh, Look at it for some context, homosexuality, Christianity, homosexuality and Christianity, the elephant in the church. So, okay, let me jump right in. So I'm reading the comments. I don't really care, honestly, about. Uh, comments that are—you know, they just have no substance. Uh, Anybody that's participating and just saying something to be cute or to dishonor me as a man of God, as a a person who's tried to walk upright before his church, his city, his wife, if you don't have any honor for who I am, I'm not going to, you know, make an ad hominem uh, comments when you attack the person as opposed to dealing with the subject ad hominem, when you make comments about the person's character, all that. I normally ignore that. What I was interested in was what I call principled critiques or people who honestly disagreed with me, honestly were offended by what I said but yet honored me in their comments. And let me just say this right away, parenthetically. If you're gonna be a part of this with me, I want to hear from you. I'm a big boy. If you're gonna make public statements on a public platform, you have to prepare for public response. You can't, come on not. it's what it is. Everybody's not going to agree with you. Whatever else seminary taught me, my professors, Dr. Myers in particular, it is be prepared for principled critique. Everybody doesn't have to agree with you, who are you? One comment that touched me, and and I want to read it. It was a wonderful young lady, Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, and she made a comment, and and I want to read it to you. Then I want to jump into what I want to do tonight. And I know my subject already is polemical, uh. So 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 all gay people can't go to heaven, really? Yeah, that that tripped me out because. That was a lot of what I heard. Let, let, let me read this to you. She said, my heart is truly grieved right now, Dr. Vernon. I have enjoyed your ministry throughout the years, but this has truly been an eye opener for me. First of all, a man of God. First of all, man of God. We don't preach acceptance. We preach repentance. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have an obligation to teach the truth of God's word, not twisted to justify our lustful, sinful nature. With that being said, when a person has truly been born again, not just emotional and a member of the church social club, they surrender their will for the will of the Father. We can't do this in and of ourselves, but only through the baptism of the Holy Spirit can we receive the truth that leads to deliverance and a changed heart. Jesus endured a painful, anguishing death on the cross so that we could be free from the bondage and penalty of sin. Then she gives a bunch of scriptures I won't read, but all biblical scriptures. While we are to show love to all mankind and draw them with the love of the Father, we should never celebrate sin, nor send the message that sin is acceptable. It doesn't matter if it's lying, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, etc. Sin is unacceptable to God, period. Be careful, man of God, as you are providing a place of comfort for people to remain in a sinful state, thus diminishing the power of the gospel. Charlotte, I sure don't remember doing that on any Sunday from the stage I stand on any weekend, and certainly not in the past uh, Bible cast. Maybe you might want to take another look at it and listen to it intently, but I certainly appreciate You know why? Because I really felt your heart. I like how you honored who I am, but yet disagree with what I said. So what did I say? I did a Bible cast saying that there are persons of my church, in my church, who are queer, And yet I know they love Jesus. People couldn't get their head around that. I want to make a full-throated statement before I go any further. I'm going to make it at the beginning, and then I'm going to make it at the end. Let me be clear, because I know this will run all across the world. Let me make a full-throated statement looking right into the camera. I want you to be absolutely clear that I believe that any sex outside of a husband and his wife is sin. Not even a man and a woman, that can be sin, too. I don't care if y'all engaged, that's sin. I don't care if you're divorced and having sex, that's sin. I don't care if you're single and having sex. I don't care if it's same gender sex, it's sin. Let me be crystal clear. I believe clearly that any sex outside of that between a man, a husband, and his wife is sin. I I believe that, so let me be absolutely clear, and that's what I teach, and that's what I preach, and that's what thousands who sit under me know. As a matter of fact, people couldn't believe I was touching this subject. It's real to me. You know what people said in the comments when I said there are some people who are born with certain sexual proclivities? They said, and I believe honestly, heard this about 10 times in the comments, read this about 10 times, God don't make no mistakes. So if my baby is born with no arms and no legs, I guess God made a mistake. If, if my child is born and you know there's some sort of deformity of any sort, did God make a mistake? Or is that just the fall of man? That stuff happens, that sometimes people are born With certain ailments and certain issues. I got to ask you, did God make a mistake when a person is born with mental issues or something wrong with them that they are blind from birth? Did God make a mistake? I I know you meant no harm. I I I thought I'd take this Bible cast and help some people theologically to just wrestle with where you are. Again, I'm ignoring the ad hominem comments, I'm ignoring people who show no honor. But to to intelligent people who disagree, I'll always respond. I like healthy, robust debate. I like principled critique. Let's jump right in. Because you are born, and there are people who disagree with people having any sort of sexual proclivities toward the same gender from birth. I just disagree with you. I think there are little, small children from the time they can remember, they had some weird feelings about the same sex that they cannot explain. There are people who will say that behavior was learned, it was not from birth. Hey, we can go back and forth. I I, I believe that. I do not believe there is any place in Scripture that justifies homosexuality. Let, let me be clear. Okay, okay, the holiness codes of Leviticus, you know, uh, that it's an abomination, a man with a man is an abomination. Those are what we refer to theologically as the holiness codes, of which most of us don't adhere to today, you know, because you also shouldn't wear mixed fabric. How many of you like me got on a shirt that has mixed fabric or, you know, eating shrimp? Do you do that occasionally? So there are scholars who throw the holiness codes out the window. Because they argue, if you're not going to accept them all, you can't accept any. That's an argument. I don't believe that. I believe in the trajectory of Scripture. I'm going someplace, it's going to get more practical, but let me start off theological because there are thousands who watch me and need to know I just didn't fall off a wagon and grab a mic and start talking. I did matriculate eight years through seminary, I do have an earned doctorate degree. Uh, In theology, though I'm not a New Testament scholar, they just don't give away doctorate degrees, earn doctorate degrees, unless you've read something. I have pastored the same people for 22 years and talked to thousands of people because we have a mega church and my wife and I believe in touching people and hearing their hurts and I read a whole lot. So that said, let me be clear that there is a trajectory in scripture that every place you see homosexuality is spoken of negatively. Rather, it's the holiness codes, when Paul calls it unnatural in the book of Corinthians and Deuteronomy, where a man shall not wear a woman's clothing to those individuals that are trans watching me. Every place you see it in the Bible, It's in the negative. There's no place. No biblical scholar would argue with me. You're not going to find any place in Bible that justifies. Now, there are people who have a low view of Scripture watching me, so you might want to throw the Bible away and say, listen, I don't believe in the Bible. Well, any person who doesn't believe in the Bible, then okay, let's not argue that. That's theologically and biblically. Anthropologically, I think one could argue if you came from Mars, looked at a man's body and a woman's body, a man's genitalia and a woman's genitalia, you could sort of figure out they sort of go together. Yeah. Anthropologically, one could argue in terms of procreation that there is something about the fact that two women cannot make a baby. That's not a minimal argument, that's a major argument that no two men can have a baby without the assistance of the opposite gender in some form. So anthropologically, if you were an evolutionist, one could argue that there's something natural going on about a man and a woman. Even if you were an atheist and do not believe the Scripture, that's theological, biblical, anthropological, one could argue that a man and a woman go together, if you want to argue anthropologically in terms of making a child. And then sociological. I've raised five kids. I heard somebody over all five of them and all five of them love their daddy. Don't tell me they don't need her and me. And we both bring something different to the table. Yeah, that, that's 25 years in about three weeks. I don't know when you're watching this, but February 14th will be Valentine's Day, 25 years, my silver anniversary. I'm gonna marry that girl for the fifth time. Every five years, we remarry for my babies. And I've been in the house and I know what I bring and I know what she bring. I watched my son over there lay on top of her right now and he is 24 years old. He don't lay on top of me like that because sometimes he still need his mommy. But then my daughter the other day needed to talk and she called the house and drove across the freeway flying, asking her mama, where daddy? Because what she wanted to talk about, she needed her daddy. So theologically, anthropologically and sociologically, I believe that God made a man for woman and a woman for man. Now, how full-throated is that? So please don't say that Dr. Vernon is for homosexuality or justifies it. I believe two people sleeping together is sin who are of the same gender. Is that clear? All right. We laid that foundation. Let me get to what I came for. I still say what I mean and mean what I say. That does not mean that somebody who struggles with homosexuality cannot be a Christian. I said what I meant. I meant what I said. And so since you want to go theological, and by the way, Charlotte's comments were honest and I appreciate it, but let's dig a little bit theologically tonight and then we'll talk some practical stuff. Don't turn off and send this to whoever you want, your New Testament professor, your same gender-loving friend, your same gender-loving scholar, hey, I, I believe what I believe, and I'm going to talk about it. Let me tell you the Scripture that I saw a lot in the comments. I saw a lot of Scriptures, uh, some of them you know, out of contact, not, not properly exegeted, but that's okay. I think people mean well. That's why I said, let me lean into this. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 through 11 is the one that I think I saw the most. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. The list keeps going in verse 10. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God will inherit the kingdom of God. That's the scripture I saw most in the comments. Pastor Vernon, you must don't know your Bible. I'm aware of the talented tent maker from Tarsus Peace on who can, or, you know, I, I know this text, do, do you know it? Okay, so now, first of all, we have the conundrum of distance. The conundrum of two thousand years of distance, theologically, because Paul writes this two thousand years ago. Do we discount Paul? Oh no, but I do know there's some women preachers who told me, or commented in the comments, about homosexual people can't go to heaven because of what Paul said. You do know that same Paul said that women should shut up in church. Doop 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 okay so okay oh oh, oh, oh I'm sorry but, oh 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 that was that was that was cultural but this isn't cultural I, I get it I'm just presenting arguments I'm not dismissing Paul I, I want to talk about Paul matter of fact if you want this scripture to be the scripture you stand on that not one gay person is going to heaven then let's go to work let's go to work and I'm here to work tonight so I hope you're here to work got your Bible here it is so let's unpack verses 9 and 10 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. All right. First of all, let's, let's go person by person or issue by issue. First of all, he says the sexual immoral, the sexual immoral. Who is that? Who is that? Because have you ever been sexually immoral since you've been a believer? Because I have. Yeah, I, I don't play with my wife. My son's sitting right there. I'm going to make so many mistakes in my life. No other woman is going to touch me while Victory Rose Vernon is alive. I, mean, I don't even know who's watching this, and you can't say I flirted with you. I have no idea who's watching this, and you cannot say you've been to bed with me. I don't know who's watching this, and you cannot say I ever said anything to you in a flirtatious way. And I'm looking in the camera with possibly millions of people, and I'm still saying it. You cannot say since 1998, February 14th, R. A. Vernon, after he married Victory Rose Vernon, has ever said anything wrong. But I'm still sexually immoral, cause I've lusted since then. I've looked at things on my phone since then. I, I don't Google pornography, but I've stayed too long on Instagram. Yeah, I've clicked and said, "What?" and had to, now hold up." I, I've been walking down the street and with my wife, almost getting slapped. Because, I, oh, Dr. Vernon, that's not what the Bible means. Well, it says sexual immoral. I, I, I've been immoral in my thought. Jesus did say if a man think adultery, he may as well have committed it. I mean, I'm just saying to those, and by the way, to those of you who put in the comments that no people who are homosexual can go to heaven, I want to know, have you? Okay, one and four black women will get married. One in four will be proposed to even because of a shortage of available black men. That's a whole nother Bible cast. Y'all want to work? Let's work. So if you're watching me and you're one of the three, because only one in four will get married. So if you're one of the three watching me, 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, divorced, couple children, I want to know, have you ever had sex? And are you having some now? And do you occasionally have it to the real saved people to the holy people watching me i want to know in your life have you had sex and do you think you'll have it again if you never get married or will you be because you saved will you be abstinent until you go to heaven like a nun because you saved oh so you're part of the sexual immoral yeah if only one and by the way parenthetically That's another argument I have, black women need us. And if a bunch of us are incarcerated, many for reasons they shouldn't be, and a bunch of us sleeping with each other, you're not gonna tell me in my fifth decade of life, that's not a trick of the enemy to hurt our race. Yeah, so now here, black women have nobody to marry, black sexual women watching me. By the way, wonderful book you need to read, Kelly Brown Douglas, put it up, Phil. Kelly Brown Douglas, sexuality in the black church. That's really what we should be talking about. Sexuality in the black church. Read that wonderful woman, this scholar's piece on sexuality in the black church because it's taboo. But when you raise homosexuality, all these flags went up, all these 900 comments come flying in because it's like, no, they can't go to heaven. But to the three, wait a minute, one in four women One in four black women will get married. Less women are getting married now, watch this, in 2023 than in the 1950s, based on the welfare system that to me was purposely put in place because if a man lived with you, you couldn't get certain monies. But if there was no man in the house, then your money was bigger. The enemy used all of that. And now there are less women getting married, peep this, in 2023 than in the 50s. Explain that and then tell me it's not the enemy in some way. I gotta go. Here's my point. How many of you watching are sexually immoral Sometime, I really wanna know, those who are not married. Okay, adulterers, the next one on the list, same list that homosexuality is on, is adulterous. 50% of married people cheat sometime, including saved people. Are you going to heaven? Including pastors watching me. Have you ever crept on your girl? Yep, yep. I, I got through preaching a couple weeks ago. I, I mean this. Uh, at the time of this recording, this week, not last week, this week, talk about an attack Four people I love there's been some cheating in their house. Four people. Four people, four couples, four people. Listen, it's called life. Uh, Out of those, I I know all of them and all of them going to heaven, I believe. Now, I don't know really who going to heaven except me, but I I believe they all know Christ, but life happened. Since they've been saved, they committed adultery. Are they going to heaven? To all of the all of the people who commented, they they cheated. They they repented. Working with them, not only them, a bunch of people. Here's another one: drunkards. Yeah, I know a lot of priests, uh, or heard of a lot of priests who sit up and they'll tell you they have a lot of wine and sometimes a couple glasses too much. Uh, they have no problem with drinking. They'll go to dinner with you and have a drink. Uh, some of our Catholic brothers and sisters who are priests certainly know some men and women of God who are clergy who will tell you they didn't had a couple too many. Yeah, so drunks uh, or drunkers. Oh, 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 Dr. Vernon, let me hurry up. He's talking about habitually. You sure? That's not what the scripture says. The scripture does not say if they do it sometime. The scripture says if they do it. So so are you dismissing Paul, Dr. Vernon? Absolutely not, but I am asking all of you a question. If, if, if the homosexual or no saved people who struggle in the era of homosexuality are going to heaven, are any of you who are single and sometimes have sex, are you going? Oh, oh, idolatry. Have you ever not tithed and still paid your car note? Have you ever fell in love with a brother who was good in the bed but no good for your head, and you had a season that you put him in front of God? I just need some real people to comment. Have you ever had somebody in your life that was so good, turned you out so wonderful that you had a season of sin and it was just real, God was not as important to you as that brother was or that woman was. Have you ever, have you ever had anything you put in front of God since you've been a believer? Man, all, all, all I'm saying is be, be be careful when you say that because somebody is gay. So then who then can be saved? Let me tell you what Jesus said, I gotta hurry. How am I doing on time, guys? How long have I been up, about 25 minutes? 20, 25, okay, good, I don't, yeah, I, I wanna argue tonight. Let's stay with this. So here's, okay, okay, so so Paul said, Paul said, pastor, the Bible says that uh they're, they're not going to heaven. Okay, the same Paul said, here's the one you know, verse nine, Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved." Wait a minute, that's what the same Paul says. So do we go with 1 Corinthians 6, or do we go with Romans 10, or is there truth in both of them? I'm trying to get you to argue your theology and understand that you can't take one isolated text. So when Paul said in Romans 10 that the way to go to heaven is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ is Lord, does that contradict 1 Corinthians 6? And then here's what Jesus said, Mark 16, 16, whoever believes, I like Jesus more than Paul. I don't know about you. Uh, Yeah, I kind of like Jesus. Yeah, I I like the God of the Bible more than I like the men in the Bible. Uh, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's that's the short version. Uh, All I'm saying to you is I want you to wrestle with your theology and be careful with your soteriology, okay? Systematic theology, the study of salvation. Be careful with who can get into heaven and who cannot. It's what we call theologically, and it's just one of those words, uh, be careful with penultimate decisions. Throw it on on the screens penultimate decisions theologically penultimate that is final decisions uh penultimate when you make dogmatic statements about who's going to heaven i'm a pastor i I preach to thousands of people i preach jesus and him crucified i I preach to accept him as your personal savior i preach that once he gets a hold of your life things should change on your life i'm not one of those people who believe there's this simple confession of salvation with no proof I'm also not a universalist. I don't think everybody's going to heaven. I want to be clear, just in case, you know, you rewind this or play this for somebody. I'm not a universalist. I don't believe that everybody's going to heaven. I don't believe that there is no hell. I like what Dr. Myers, New Testament scholar, and my professor taught me. He says, if you're going to dismiss hell you gotta dismiss heaven. You can't, you can't dismiss one or the other. If you gonna, y'all got me, like I'm preaching, I got, a, I got a towel on a Bible cast, it's getting hot in here. Let me tell you something, if you're gonna dismiss hell, you gotta dismiss heaven. So I'm not a universalist and I don't believe that Hitler is in heaven. No, I don't, I don't believe that Mussolini and people that raped a bunch of people and never confess Christ because God is so wonderful that uh, in him all can be saved. The idea that his blood has so much veracity that it saves you without your permission. That's sort of the universalist thought, that his blood has so much strength that in Adam all die, in Christ all are saved. No, I believe those who accept Christ and those who walk toward Christ, oh, I believe there's some people going to hell. I believe there's some, some preachers that are going to hell. I believe there's some holiness mothers supposedly that might be in hell. I also believe there's some brothers in the joint who made a lot of mistakes that might be in heaven. I also believe there's some, I ain't running from what I came to talk about, some queer brothers and sisters who cannot help what they are attracted to, but they love Jesus. I don't condone two people sleeping together of the same gender. But you're not going to tell me that there aren't some same gender-attracted people in my church who don't love Jesus more than some people who hate in the comments. You're not going to tell me that, and I'm not moving from what I said. Only 1% of you who are pastors did this mega thing, particularly pre-pandemic, where you had three campuses. We had—I'm finished—we had Saturday night service, Saturday morning service we had four services Sunday, four services Wednesday, three campuses, and after every service, my girl and I come down and listen to people. There's some black scholars who can't say that. There's some black professors who can't say that. That thousands of people every week, at least hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, tell you their business and trust you every week. So you learn. And what I've learned is there are people in my church who love Jesus, but they also are attracted. I heard they need to get delivered. I know people who went on 30-day fast, went up in the mountains, prayed in the Holy Ghost, drunk nothing but water, served themselves communion, prayed in tongues, and when they got back to Cleveland, they were still attracted to the same gender. They going to hell? No, they're not. My last statement. My job is to preach Jesus, and I want people to get as close to His will as they can. If you are a homosexual watching me, my answer is for you to stay abstinent, for you to stay abstinent and pray. Will it be a struggle? Is there a chance you might fall? You might. If you believe it's not the will of God for the same gender to touch you, then you fight and pray Just like a single person who's heterosexual, just fight to stay abstinent. But when you fall, you plead the blood and get back up and live your life and do the best you can to stay in his will. Jesus loves you. And if you accept him as your personal savior, according to the Bible I preach from, he will take you as you are. He can clean you up. He can change you. I'm out of here. Listen. I hope this has blessed your life. I, I know it wasn't perfect. I, I know still, but hopefully I gave clarity uh, to something. Please go and rewatch Homosexuality and Christianity. It's right there. As soon as you log off, if you haven't seen the first installment, you gotta see it so you can see what I said. This is gonna get better and better. Drop it, God. Listen, help us. Uh, we just decided this time, right outside this door is our sportsplex with three full courts getting ready to invite thousands of men to the word church. I'm going to offer $5,000 to whoever wins the basketball tournament. All they have to do is register their best five. Who's ever the last team standing, they're getting five grand. We have a football field, too, inside and in an indoor track. I'm doing a seven on seven tournament flag football. Whoever win, they're getting five grand. What's the catch? At halftime, All the men got to come in and I'm going to preach Jesus for about 15 minutes right on the bleachers and offer Jesus to them. This is what Ari Vernon Ministries is all about, trying to help people where they are. So be a blessing to us, Uh, headed to the projects. No exaggeration. When I get through, if not today, uh, where I was raised from, because this ministry of helping and touching those kids down there, I don't make the church do it because everybody in my church is not from the projects, but I am. So that's my personal ministry that's what r.a vernon ministries does if you feel like victory rose vernon and i have something to say and you feel like our life can help people couples young people young brothers then give now come on with somebody. So, if this word blessed you if you're same gender attracted and you felt like this gave you clarity if you whoever a pastor and this gave you some you know some help some homiletic help on how to preach this then you so Uh, Come on, let's do that. I want to pray now. And uh, please flood me with comments. I want to know. No ad hominem. No dishonor. Just tell me you disagree and tell me why. It it just doesn't take a lot of intelligence to say something stupid about me. I'm just going to dismiss you and who cares. But to those of you who give me some, you know, I love it. This is all about. Let's have a great time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. In a very serious sense, I pray for those who really deal with the struggle of same-gender attraction. And I know, Lord, there are thousands, hundreds watching who disagree with me, even saying it's a struggle. They say, it's not a struggle, it's how God made me and it's not a struggle. Even them, God, I pray for clarity. And God, there's a scripture I did not bring up that may have been the most important scripture. Isaiah 55, where you said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are as far from your thoughts as the East is from the West. Lord, don't none of us know for sure who's going to be standing in heaven till we get there. Lord, help us to make sure our souls, because I've lusted, I have thought wrong, I've been an idolater, I've been a fornicator. Lord, all of us have been something and yet we believe that your grace is sufficient. And so Father, I pray That people know with clarity that this ministry, me personally, the scripture, as far as I can see it, does not condone even a little bit same gender, romance, or marriage. But Lord, you love everybody. And I pray somebody watching this will receive you as their personal savior. In Jesus' name. I love you. I love you. I'm praying for you. See you next time. Share this with somebody. In Jesus' name. Amen.